Back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. And we know what you want. You want a recruiting update, a Husker recruiting update. We'd like to bring that to you every week with the help of our friend Brian Munson of Husker Online in on three. I was able to catch up to, with Brian Munson earlier today. A little bit of a scheduling conflict, so we couldn't do it live. But uh, nevertheless, great information in this interview. A lot of in-state recruiting talk. So here is my interview with Brian Munson earlier today. Joined by Brian Munson of Husker Online in on three. Brian, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on? Hey, not too much. We uh, we're excited for another uh, another round of Husker recruiting news, and it's been a busy week, uh, a couple weeks for Nebraska. I think we should probably start with the quarterback position with Daniel Kalen, uh, of course, uh, decommitting from Missouri quickly, going to Nebraska. Um, what kind of played into to this for Nebraska? And I know also he's got an Elite Eleven invitation, which uh, Nebraska yep. fans have have seen, been through that before, and maybe want to know. Uh, hopefully, that that's not a some sort of curse because of course Patrick O'Brien and Johnny Stanton didn't necessarily turn out for Nebraska. Yeah, no, I, I, the, 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 um, Daniel, that was, that, that happened in pretty short order. So obviously Rayola, what he, he, he committed to Georgia like last Monday. And I think as soon as that happened, Nebraska was, was like planning motion for, you know, to go back and get Daniel Kalen, you know, back in the picture. Um, I, I think things were pretty well laid out you know, for Nebraska with Daniel Kalen about, you know, look, this is the number one quarterback in the country. We we have to go ahead and give a, you know, give pursuit here. Hopefully you understand, you know, the minute that this guy tells us that, that this is not going to happen, you know, between us and him, we're, we're right back here. We're going to tell you that you're our guy and, and, you know, just, it's going to take us a second to kind of, you know, either pull him in and tell you about it or, you know, move on from him and come back and, 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 and re-engage you. So I think Nebraska, once they, once they got the word that, that Rayola was, was a bulldog, they were, they were at Bellevue West and it was, uh, they, they, they showed up there, I think at least twice. I think there were as many as three different coaches that went out to see him last week. Um, and he had decommitted. I think it was a little bit sooner than when he announced. I think he announced it on Thursday. I think he might even decommitted sooner in the week, uh, to be honest with you, and finally went public on Thursday and then uh, committed to Nebraska publicly uh, on Saturday. Uh, look, it, it, it came down to him having to be a very mature individual and be able to put behind him any type of bad feelings he had about Nebraska, you know, not making him the priority number one and, you know, being able to kind of come back and, and put that aside and, you know, decommit from Missouri from a, from, to, from a school that he had been committed to for over two months. So I think it comes down to, you know, being a, a homegrown, you know, Nebraska fan. And that's, that was a place he always dreamt of kind of going and playing. And finally he had a committable offer and had the opportunity to go ahead and join the class. So great get for Nebraska. Obviously, like you said, an Elite 11 guy. Hopefully it does turn out better than O'Brien and, and Johnny Stanton. Uh, but I think I think that people are going to be really impressed with what you see from Kalen. He's a, he's a makes quick decisions, good decisions. He's a un, pretty unflappable dude. He doesn't get too too high, too low about, about good things or bad things happening on the field. He's a real great extension of the coaching staff, actually, is the way I would kind of – kind of phrase it, frame him up. But the other thing too, is that 
all of all the other the latest guys, you know, other than Riola, that they they've been short, they've been small, they've been undersized. Kalen is not. Kalen's a six foot three legit guy, and you know that's another thing that I just kind of go back to from seeing him in person on February. I was really amazed with his build, and uh, I, I think that that's going to have a lot of things. A lot. It's going to help him out with playing in the Big Ten. Do you think it's kind of interesting? Do you think that he could be a guy that would run something similar to what they do with Jeff Sims? Or do you think, you know, Jeff Sims more of a mobile quarterback? People kind of want to know, is that something that they're stuck with or stuck to? Or they just, I mean, did they choose Daniel Kalen because he was the best player available? I think that I think Nebraska chose Daniel Kalen because he can, he can throw the football around. And I think that I think Nebraska has to go ahead and get a little bit more mobile right now because number one, I think even if if people believe what Matt Rule is saying about the offensive line being a good group and and best group that he's been around or whatever, and and I think we would all kind of agree that having that mobility uh, aspect to the quarterback position is kind of an X factor, and it it it, it allows Nebraska to get creative with. Making the quarterback a, a designed runner, it also adds that um, that that ability to kind of you know take it down and run at any at any one moment you know when he when he's dropping back to to make a pass. And I think that that's that's something that kind of adds that extra dimension. I, and, and and I think that with Kalen, you are finding yourself with more of a traditional kind of pocket passer. Uh, but he's he's not a he's not a statue. He doesn't have just the, the 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 feet stuck in concrete. He can he can pull it down and he can run it. And I think that you can you you can not necessarily have the label of dual threat, but you can be athletic and strategically know when you should go ahead and pull down the ball and run it or be able to diagnose that. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think anybody would call Patrick Mahomes a dual threat guy. But he can shred some defenses when it comes to you know them them putting a an inadequate an, an, uh, an, uh, an inadequate spy on him or or not giving him the right kind of you know the right kind of look to kind of hold him in the pocket and hold him there or putting too many guys in the, into the into the uh, into coverage and not enough guys to kind of get pressure on him. I think Kalen is going to see that, understand it. He's a he's an intelligent guy. I think you can strategically ask him, you know, three, four, five times a game, tuck it, run it, keep the defense honest, and kind of do those things. But I don't think you're going to see him doing a lot of designed runs like you might see with Sims or a Harburg or a or even like a Purdy who's all, all already on the roster. It, there's so many different uh, things that make you, you kind of questions and avenues to go based off this commitment. Of course, one of them is uh, his teammates there, Bellevue West, Davon Hall, and his, yeah. Isaiah McMorris. I mean, you got to believe uh, this can't hurt to get those guys. Does Nebraska feel like a front runner for those guys now? I thought that Nebraska's in a really good shot, you know, really good shape for. I think I think I feel the best with with McMorris. I mean, if you really kind of dive into where you know things are at with Hall, the first thing that pops out is that Hall hasn't even been to Lincoln since Rule became the head coach. Um, that stands out to me. I mean, he's obviously been putting a lot of time into seven on seven throughout the spring. Uh, you know, but I, I, I think that, you know, that extra visit that Morris made kind of out of cycle, out of phase when he just called Nebraska up, see if Coach McGuire was there, wanted to go down and meet him earlier on in the spring was such a great positive sign for Nebraska. Um, and, and I, I think that I think things sit really a lot better with McMorris, but I think things can really improve with Hall. And I think that they've improved 
um, steadily, you know, over the last month or so with, with Coach McGuire having a chance to kind of work with Hall and McMorris uh, to kind of improve things and shore things up there. I think they both, you know, have committable offers and just, you know, are kind of waiting to kind of go through the process. I think Hall has got his eyes kind of, you know, into the SEC a little bit more than maybe Bit Morris, you know, kind of having his eyes out to out west, you know, looking at USC and an offer that he has there. Um, I, I, I just feel like things have always kind of been better with McMorris for some reason, but I think this definitely improves Nebraska's position uh, with both. Well, quickly, we'll stay in state, too, because there's a few other guys. Of course, Carter Nelson, uh, one that uh, has seen his kind of rankings rise over the last couple of days. Uh, also, I, I just we haven't talked too much about with, with you about Caleb Pyfram and Caleb Benning. Are those guys that, that Nebraska has offered? Are those guys that are, that are uh, you know, as, as in-state guys, are those guys that you would expect maybe to join the class at some point? Yeah, let's talk about Pyfram first because he's coming in that first weekend in June. So that's June 2nd, uh, Caleb Pyfram will be in to take his official visit. You know, kind of quietly, you know, Pyfram's kind of in the background, you know, uh, taking some visits, seeing some places, you know, and he's he's uh, set some things up very, very quickly to get in to see Lincoln um, it's not been one of these things kind of build with anticipation, you know, and, and that first weekend in June is kind of, it's kind of unique. It's, it's mainly a bunch of defensive backs and, and skill position guys with the, with the, uh, uh, exception of Caleb Pyfram and, and Carlin Jones. Um, you know, and Pyfram, obviously, you know, there's must be something that doesn't work with him to come, to come in the weekend of the 23rd, because that's really been the weekend that all the other in-state guys uh, are, are kind of set, uh, setting up on, like Carter Nelson, who you also asked about. He'll be in Nebraska the weekend of the 23rd. I think it really helps, all, obviously, that Kalen, you know, if it's not Rayola, that it's Kalen that's that's becoming the, the quarterback in the 2024 class. I think that, you know, things are pretty well set for Georgia at tight end now. They just picked up uh, Riddell last night, the number one tight end in the nation. They have a second tight end that they just picked up a week before from Florida. I would say that they're done. I'd say the biggest three threats that Nebraska should be feeling from for Carter Nelson to keep him home are going to be Notre Dame, Alabama, and Auburn. Um, I, I think that those are really the three schools that, that people need to keep an eye on with him. I think he's really got a soft spot for Notre Dame, and I think he likes the consistency of those SEC schools in, in, in Alabama. Um, and Caleb Benning, uh, honestly, I don't – I. Don't think he set up an official visit yet. Um, I need to catch up with him to kind of figure out where things are kind of sitting at with him. I I um I think it's kind of interesting, obviously, that that you know Nebraska has a great number of DBs coming in. He may be he may be in that week, and I just have not had a chance to kind of catch up with him yet to kind of talk to him about it. But I, I think that uh, Nebraska obviously still looks very good with the remaining uh, prospects. You know, Rezac obviously. Uh, being committed to Notre Dame. I think Ingwersen will take an official visit to Nebraska, even though he has one scheduled to Pitt and is committed to Pitt. Uh, so keep a close eye on that one. If he does take that official to Nebraska, I, I might go ahead and tell you that you, you have another Daniel Kalen potentially in the class as an in-state guy that's going to flip on another commitment. Wow. And what does he project at the next level? I know he's kind of listed as an athlete, but 6'7", 235, seems like uh, maybe a lot you could do there. Oh, he's got a great. I mean, so if Kalen, if Kalen impressed me because he was six foot three, Ingwersen was the most physically impressive that I saw of all the players that day at Warren Academy in Omaha. Um, he was six seven, two forty five. 
Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that you can do there with him. I, I think that that could be an offensive tackle in wheat. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that Nebraska's kind of got their eyes on because you, you, he is a, he is a good athlete as an offense, as a, as a tight end, as an offensive weapon, but as an offensive tackle, if you have that, those feet and that athleticism and you can go ahead and add some additional size to that and can kind of play that, that offensive tackle position, that's incredibly marketable. It's, it's one of those things you kind of need as a, as a basis to be successful at the position. Uh, and I think that, that would be very, very uh, handy for him, obviously, to kind of consider, you know, where offensive tackles are kind of viewed at and, and whether or not he could become one of those elite guys. Now, I mentioned offensive tackle. Nebraska reached into the portal this week uh, and getting Tyler Knack from Utah. Is that a guy, you know, he's, he didn't play at Utah. Is that more of a kind of along the Jacob Hood lines of, of maybe having him develop, or is he a guy that could play right away? I do. I think I think there's a uh, an obvious you know need for for bodies at the offensive tackle and along the offensive line in general. I mean, I can't remember a spring ever where the uh, offensive line had a kind of split between both units during the spring game. I mean, it just it goes to show you you know that they are just so thin at those spots. But I mean, as far as like upside, you had a guy that that went ahead and went through a year at the D1 level, Utah very overlooked program with the amount of success that they've had. You know, they beat USC last year with Kincaid as the tight end, obviously. Um, it's, it's one of those programs I think that gets overlooked very, very, uh, a lot, uh, very easily. And, and I think that that's, uh, it's a great sign when you had a had a team like that, you know, get an in-state kid. And then that kid's kind of moving on, uh, with the potential. I feel like Nebraska feels like is there, he, he's just down a red shirt year. He's going to have four years of eligibility. You just need to kind of get him on campus and start tapping into it a little bit. I think that he sold on, Obviously, the the paper thin kind of depth chart that's there for offensive line, and I think he sold on the the, the situation that that kind of is there in front of him. He can he can come in there and and put himself in a position to maybe not start, but but get some meaningful time playing the offensive tackle position in the Big Ten. Uh, so that's a that's really a good thing. It's going to be interesting to see, and he's got he's got better size than what, what we can list on on three two. I think he told us he was six seven three twenty. Um, so he's he's really got some good size too there. So I, I I'm very interested to kind of see where his conditioning is at, how quickly he can kind of pick things up, uh, where he's kind of at when when, he, when we start talking about the beginning of fall camp. If he's a name that they're talking about, you know, two weeks into fall camp, it's going to be interesting to see what what the season can kind of mean with him being there now on the roster. All right, and final question, just kind of uh, resetting things for Husker fans as they look at this. As we get ready for for camp season, uh, usually have a few commits throughout the throughout the summer. They have seven commits now. Is there a number that that they that Nebraska fans hope should hope to be getting to? You know, maybe by the end of the summer, maybe through these camps. I guess what what are we looking for with these camps in, in the next couple months? Yeah, the camps are interesting because I think that, you know, I think there, there's, um, I think Nebraska has a pretty good hold on what's going to happen with the 2024 group. I, 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 I imagine that they're going to try to bring in close to 30 players on official visits during that time. And, and I think that the camps will obviously, you know, bubble up all the names of the guys that are capable of playing at the D1 level at Nebraska. But I, I really would pay more attention to those 25 and 26 type of guys that are out there that are going to be juniors and sophomores. I think the 2024 group, Nebraska feels like they they kind of understand like where they sit at with a number of things. And I and and between the camps and between 
the official visits. I think Nebraska, you know, being at seven, maybe being a class that could touch twenty, they might want to get to thirteen or fourteen. I mean, we're already we're already confirming guys, you know, into the into the month of September for official visits. There's three guys that I confirmed last night that'll be there in, in, in September between the between I think the sixteenth and the thirtieth. So first home game and I think the second or the third home game for Nebraska. But uh, I I think it's I think that that's roughly the number where I think Nebraska would want to be at when you start coming out of the middle of July, you know, want to be at 13, want to be at 14. And I think that you would want to then kind of then grab that last third or, or a little more of your class uh, during the season as it, as it kind of goes on a little bit. And, and obviously that class size can grow. We've all seen it kind of happen and evolve based on attrition and, and how things are going to kind of play out with the 85 rule. It's our weekly tradition here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. Brian, thanks again for taking time out of your day. All right, guys. Be good. All right, there you have it. Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. We'll take a quick break on the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll invite Nick Sainert in for a little bit of crossover action before we get to happy hour here on 93.7 The Ticket. That's coming up next. We'll be back right after this.